Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. Driving it home. With Patty Vasquez, Patty Vasquez. From global conflicts to greenhouse gases. The folks refusing to wear masks says. And politicians getting caught grabbing asses says. She's driving it home with Patty Vasquez. Whoo, you guys, I think everyone is out and about trying to get ready for not just the holiday weekend, but uh, the possibly looming blizzard. Does that sound too ominous? I love Joan's attitude. It's not going to happen. We are not going to have a beast of a storm descending upon us. It is not going to be uh, <laughs> a massive snowstorm. It's not going to be very, very cold. I, I think we need to put that energy into the universe as well. On the other hand, I'm, well, at least, I don't know if you're following the predictions, but it seems to have uh, moderated. I don't think it's as bad as they originally were telling us. And I don't know how many of you watch the uh, morning news on Channel 9, but uh, Groovy Hoovy, Jeff uh, Hoover, put out a tweet today. Because, <laughs> look, it's it's changed. Uh, and this is this is the science of it's not perf- it's not perfect. Uh, they're speculating based on weather models. Uh, if I'm going to believe anybody, it's definitely going to be Tom Skilling. I don't know if you guys remember that huge storm that shut down Lakeshore Drive and left hundreds and hundreds of drivers stand stranded for, what, 18 hours? Oh, man, that had to be just so demoralizing to, to know that you're just so close to civilization and they couldn't get out of their cars and had a lot of folks uh, coming to their... Uh, you know, to their cars and trying to give them water and make sure that they were okay and prioritizing who needed to be rescued. And then eventually folks had to just leave their cars out there. But skilling that day, I don't know how many of you remember this, but he said the storm is going to hit at, it was like 2.31 p.m. And he specifically said, stay away from Lakeshore Drive because of the winds and the volume of snow that was coming, that it would be blinding, a blinding scenario. And uh, and I, I do know somebody who was there. And Roger Badish, I love you. I feel, still feel bad that you were there. And uh, I talked, I've actually, I used to have jokes about this on stage about um, how, you know, how infuriating it had to be like, I I know it's right there. Oak Street is right there. The Drake Hotel is just in that direction. But they could not see anything from their cars. And uh, I was curious about what people did to relieve themselves. I remember one day a woman came up to me after a show and she said that uh, she had gone grocery shopping. So she had um, plastic bags. Ah, anyway, listen to what whatever Tom tells you. Uh, that's who I would trust is uh, Tom Skilling with your uh, weather. F- and, and look, I like I like Brand. I like all the, the weather people are all great. Of course, we love her. Tracy Butler, goddess, lover. Uh, so I'm, I'm just saying because of that specific, he, he warned everyone. And look, no one could have predicted that an accordion bus was going to Flip over. That was the that was what triggered a lot of the stoppage on the on Lakeshore Drive that day. So just uh, prepare in any way. But it seems as though everyone is out right now getting everything done. I stopped at the post office, and uh, man, that postman he was double parked on Lawrence Avenue. Speaking of being parked in the bike lane, he was double parked on Lawrence, and uh, he had all these bins out on the sidewalk. They closed the post office about ten minutes early. People were coming out there like it's closed. And I was like, okay, I mean, look, whatever. I, I, 
It's uh, I know a lot of people are like me. Posted sign is how long you stay open, uh, but they were closed, and he was out there still taking like packages and and mail, uh, and people were just rolling up and just basically tossing stuff at him. And I was like, I was like, thank you so much for your service. <laughs> thank you for everything you're about to go through with uh, the onslaught of mail that we are all just f- flinging at you. Uh, but I I really. Uh, <laughs> it's a little crazy out there. Please be safe on the roads. Of course, fortunately, we don't have any moisture on the roads. It's not icy. Uh, but, you know, the traffic right now is because people are shopping. They are both for the holidays. They're stocking up for the storm, possibly. Uh, please just take care and uh, be safe out there. I'm trying to find Groovy Hoovy's, uh tweet from today. Uh, just cracked me up. Uh, winter storm warning. This is from Groovy Hoovy. This is a, so that tells you it's a it's a sarcastic uh, weather report so please he says winter storm warning snow models indicate anywhere from one to 83 inches could start wednesday afternoon or uh at five or four or five maybe not until thursday morning or night maybe not at all actually it might just rain don't know so buy bread and milk dress warm but not yet so that's your that's how we should be preparing for the next couple of days of weather. What are you guys uh, doing to prepare? Uh, is it uh, just going over the transcripts of the January 6th committee, the uh, what they broadcast yesterday and just in, really enjoying um, the moment in history of recommending prosecution on four counts for the former president of the United States? Uh, what's on your mind? And great conversations all afternoon, of course as always on Jones show uh, there was you know we've we've been talking about the the bike lanes too and uh and it is it is startling to see and when he mentioned that there were three people who have died on Milwaukee Avenue since 2020 and the people who have suffered injuries life-changing in, injuries in, in really tragic ways Please, folks, I get it. Cars have won. We are, we are a car society. It doesn't mean that we should have a disregard for pedestrians, for human life, for safety. I mean, we do act as though we're in our own little bubble in our cars. And to Joan's point about checking our mirrors, you know, I, I was talking to someone, and I know no one's going to pass us. No one wants to do this. I know it's a pain. But I wish there was a way that maybe every five years, every seven years, even every 10 years, we get an update, uh, sort of a, a virtual class. You know, when you, when you, when you, I've heard. I've heard that when you get a moving violation, you basically have to go to driving school for certain moving violations. Yes, I have. And there are things that I have forgotten since I was 16, 15, 16 years old. So I think that I wish that there was a way for us. One, because cars have changed a lot. Many of us um, clearly do not uh, believe that turn signals should be used uh, to alert folks for movement through traffic. Um, perhaps maybe a little refresher on that, how to use your side view mirrors. And I do think that the Dutch reach, which is when you're about to leave your car, and, and I have to remind myself too, but if we teach kids when they're in driving driver's ed, and I think that they're using this in the curriculum now, is you, you, you ter- open your door with your right hand. That way you automatically are already looking to see if there's a bike coming so you don't door them. 
just come on folks let's it's i get it again all the people who get frustrated with the way cyclists ride but they i and i know that they can put you in danger if you swerve or you're worried about them weaving through traffic and things like that but you are not as vulnerable as they are and we do drive in ways that are hazardous too speeding and blowing through stop signs got an argument with somebody on twitter a few weeks ago they post a, a mom at a school posted a video of Every single car just blowing through a stop sign and an intersection where a child had died last year. And people were like, oh, that's just a li- the Lincoln Park moms clutching their pearls. Well, this is a Jeff- Jefferson Park mom telling you to go. F- uh, I can't say that <laughs> to go stick it. Uh, let me talk to Dave. Dave, how are you doing today? Hey, Patty, you're talking about that snow flop. I was just that we may get. Yeah. And Lady B and I were just talking about that. Um, that did you recall the last one we had in uh, 2011, the Snowmageddon? Yeah, <laughs> was that the year? Yeah, the year that the Lakeshore yeah. Drive was shut down. Was that guys? It's been 11 yeah. years. That, wow. Yeah, I know. That's the that was the um, Groundhog Day storm or something. They'd call it too, and that. And, but uh, and then as we were talking about the, I guess I wasn't here at, at the the other two, like the 78 or 67. As uh, we were talking, there was a guy who used to be um, uh, one of the regulars at, when Dick, you know, he was one of the plank owners like myself. <laughs> and you, you couldn't miss it. His name was Ed from the north side. And he remembered the 67 storm. He said that it was real warm the day before, and then oh. all of a sudden, oof. But he claimed that the Snowmageddon one was uh, worse snow. I don't know if. He said it was heavier or something in that order that time. I I will say this. If you prepare ahead of time and you have the luxury of being warm and safe in your home, uh, it can be cozy. And like I always make the biggest vat of chili and we get some movies on or we, you know, have music going. And it's I, I. I, I consider it to be a cozy time with my family. And actually, even before I had the boys, uh, Steve and I would uh, hunker down in and, and a big storm. But uh, but I know that there are people who are vulnerable. And that's, that leads me to another thing, Dave, about these storms, though, is that we don't have we don't have enough capacity at 24 hour shelters for people who are not safe in, in situations like this. And that's a shame in a city in a city like sh- Chicago. Right. Well, I didn't think about when the, this cold blast that's going to follow. Anytime exactly. You, storm, you always get the cold blast and. They're talking about this below, you know, like 20, 30 below wind chills and stuff. And mm-hmm. the homeless people that are out on the streets, yeah, right. stuff like that. But the, um, what was I going to, back when they had that snow again, I was still working midnights and stuff at, you know, Grove Village. And this, the boss at this place, <laughs> He goes, well, don't you think we could get, you know, get maybe a shift, that, you know, some guys to stay over or whatever to, uh, you know, keep a line, couple lines going. And the production manager said, are you nuts? Because he'd had on his, on his phone. He said, look, he said, it's purple. <laughs> he said, <laughs> you know, the, the weather thing. He said, it's going to be like a storm of the century, you know. And all this guy was worried about was if he could make production, you know. <laughs> and uh, And in fact, it was shut down for like two days, and like uh, the production manager told him, he said, nothing's going to be moving. You're not going to get no trucks in here to haul stuff out and whatnot. But that's how, you know, 
focus this guy was on for business and didn't didn't give a damn about uh, people, you know. Right. But uh, and one more thing, so you get to some others. I heard this morning, and I read on CNN. This was kind of troubling. Where in Uvalde, Texas, where they had did just like kind of like a safety inspection and and inspector and posing as a intruder. And they went to uh, three schools, unnamed, he wouldn't name. Two, there was one school. This inspector was able to gain access to the school's cafeteria through a door that didn't lock properly. And oh. the uh, he got wow. stopped eventually by some of the uh, staff from the that worked in the, the cafeteria. But uh, like they said, that what if it would have been a, a guy with ill, you know, with a gun and stuff, you know, they, by the, he was already in, you know, kind mm. of scary because they said, yeah, I guess that, that door had to be slammed and stuff for that, for that uh, latch to work. Man. So, Can you, that's, a, that's unconscionable. Wow. I had not seen yeah. that story. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, said, I overheard it first this morning and I kind of followed up and looked and and sure enough, they, they obviously wouldn't name which school it was, but they said there were three that they they went and checked out, and two passed, but the the one had that that faulty door by the uh, I think it was a loading dock or something up by the on the backside there or whatever mm-hmm. towards the cafeteria. But anyway, yeah, so, it's a lot. What are you doing to get yeah. ready for the storm? Are you buying uh, groceries? You keeping yeah, a... I was at the store already today, and my God, the, yeah? the lines at the checkout yes? already, it was, jeez. <laughs> I'm telling you, know, you, folks. I remember the last time, like I told Dick, you know, I said that the, the things that were gone were like milk and bananas. <laughs> I don't know why the bananas huh. were gone. But, uh, well, yeah, your potassium, got your calcium, you're covering some, yeah. you just need some protein there, and you're in good shape, I guess. But like the one guy was talking about the other day, they were saying that you got... You know, you got people buying gallons and gallons of milk. You know that, uh, you know, day or two, you're going to be able to get there. You know, they'll have the road plowed, you know, and you should be able to get there. <laughs> and, uh, I think it'd be more important that some of these people that were, uh, that were hoarding the toilet paper during this. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Give up some of their toilet paper. <laughs> you're going to need that. <laughs> too funny. So. Thanks, Dave. Yep. Patty. You too. Have a good have a good one. Let's uh, take a break here and uh, we'll take your call. 773-763-9278. Ooh, and I uh, want to thank our sponsors. Of course, Minoc Brewing had a great meeting with uh, with CEO and uh, founder Kirk Banks said today about our plans for 2023. I'm super excited. We'll be doing, uh, we're planning more remotes with uh, tastings and collaborating with organizations throughout the Chicagoland area. If you have a group that is politically active, Active. Uh, we're going to reach out to some of the neighborhood groups, but if you have a, a, an organization that is a progressive group and uh, you want to amplify your message and you want to pair with us, let me know. 773-763-9278. You can text me. You can also email me at uh, pattyhappens at gmail.com. That's P-A-T-T-I. Happens. Like, like, like crap happens because... Sometimes I take any situation, I can make it much more chaotic. <laughs> so, Patty happens at gmail.com. I think a lot of folks would 
attest to that. Uh, so give, give me an email if you have a, an idea for an organization that, that you work with. It's a pro- progressive group that uh, wants to make sure that we hold the line and move forward on protecting the rights of all and the freedoms of all and uh, and deliver the message of uh, help me you know the 2024. We've got to continue the momentum that we had some of during this last election. Uh, would love to work with you. Want to thank also Kids Above All. Uh, you can go to their website, kidsaboveall.org, and find out how you can continue to support children, not only during the holiday season, but throughout the year. Children who have survived trauma, who are uh, perhaps without parents at this time of year for whatever reason, uh, kids who have lost a family member to violence. Uh, we are helping kids uh, reach their potential. So you can go to kidsaboveall.org. And of course, my car guy. I got a guy, Warren Price from Warren. My husband now, my husband's in my head. Is it Warren Priest? I have to ask Warren. But it's European and U.S. auto service. Oh, now I'm going to get all messed up. It's over by there. It's a European and U.S. car service over on Broadway near Irving Park Road. And uh, we'd love to uh, make sure that we send him a little bit of love his way as well. And uh, oh, before I forget, we are giving away for the last days of the year here at Driving at Home. Uh, through the end of the year, we're giving away $50. Man, you know how much hot sauce you can buy with 50 bucks? I'm, I'm a little jealous. $50 gift cards to Gindo's Spice of Life. You can go to gindos.com. I'm holding up a bottle for the uh, friends who are watching on our Facebook Live. It's a bottle of the Honey Habanero. Honey Habanero. This one's a real, this one of my favorites. I saw this one. It's like... This is a, uh, it's so good. But I also have one that's got uh, garlic and cilantro. I know a lot of you don't like cilantro. I do. It was really good. So today's phrase for your chance to win a gift card from Gindo's Spice of Life is honey habanero. That's honey habanero. I will take any spellings. You don't have to be stressed out about how you spell it. And I also want to thank our sponsors for the text screen. God, there's so much to go on. There's so much going on that I have to tell you about. We want to thank our sponsors of the the uh, the texting. So when you text 773-763-9278, we are, we are supported by uh, Camp uh, Kupaganji. It's sponsoring our WCPT text line until we're so excited to have them pairing with us. They're uh, sponsoring us, and it's a camp that supports a multicultural camp for kids that celebrates diversity, equity, and inclusion. So thank you so much to our friends from Camp (laughs) Kupaganji. Am I saying that right? This is going to be, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a learning curve, folks. You know how I get with names. I want to make sure I'm, I'm honoring the correct pronunciation. Back after this on WCPT 820, I'm your host, Patty Vasquez, with a lot to say. We only have two hours. We're here till seven. Let's do this. Mind over matters. Dr. Amy Harris. Nuan, as you know, this show is about challenging you to think differently, to make different choices in your life, to take action, to create positive outcomes in your life. So I want to challenge you to look at your life holistically. To where am I satisfied? What areas uh, need attention? And then go to work, take an action what you need to do. Mind over matters with Dr. Amy Harris Nuan. Sundays at 10 a.m. on WCPT 820. WCPT 820, Chicago's Progressive Talk, where facts matter. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. In your communities in Chicago. On WCPT 820. Kupagani. I'm going to get it, Lady B. Kupagani. Kupagani. Say it over and over again. Camp Kupagani. I wish I'd gone to a camp like that. I went to a great camp. I went to... Camp Juniper Knoll it was a Girl Scout camp in uh, in East Troy, Wisconsin. I went for six years, you guys. I went. Uh, I loved it. 
It was that's whenever I have to meditate, you know, because I'm not good at relaxing. I know it's hard to believe, but I I struggle with uh, meditating and uh, uh, trying to clear my head. So I go back to when I was like 11 or 12 years old, just floating on. It's literally called Lake Pleasant. I mean, how much better can it get? The sun on my face, floating on my back. Uh, I used to, man, I would swim forever. I swam across that lake, as a matter of fact. I think I swam there and back. <laughs> I could swim forever. <laughs> anyway, uh, we want to support uh, the work that they do at Camp Kupu Gani. I got it. All right. Let's get to Brian. Brian is uh, calling from Juliet. Hey, Brian, what's on your mind, my friend? Well, first of all, Patty, you referenced something about you were having problems with your spine or something. Yes. Did I mention that on the air? Oh, man. I forget what I'm talking about sometimes. Yes. I, uh, yes, for about over a decade, I've had bulging discs. Did I say that on the air? So I've, had, I've, got, bul- I've got a lot going on. It's, uh, it's a little scary. Uh, why do you ask? Well, you, you you mentioned something about your spine, and and, and it uh, caused me some concern. I hope you're doing okay. Me too. Uh, I had an MRI done a couple weeks ago, and it wasn't great. I'm gonna be honest with you. I mean, like it's nothing like it's well, it is pressing. Um, yeah, there's there's just I can't believe I said that on the air. God, I am tired. Uh, yes. Well, yes. I was going to. Uh, uh, this would be really, I think, uh, funny. Uh, uh, hopefully all of the homeless have a place to go in these conditions. But uh, to bring a little bit of mirth uh, into the situation, my annual analysis of a Christmas carol from the point of view of our 600 billionaires, the film, uh, it would only take uh, about 30 seconds. Uh, Dickens, according to our billionaires, Dickens was uh, into Marxism, and Scrooge was on the right track, just like uh, the us billionaires. Then he had a few nightmares, lost his mind, and began giving his money away for free. And for most of the movie, uh, he was on the right track, just like us billionaires. But uh, as uh, even on Christmas, uh, billionaires are so tight they wouldn't pay a quarter to watch Jesus walk on water. Wow. <laughs> What's this from? That's your observation that's about billionaires? That's my movie review of a Christmas Carol <laughs> from the point of view of billionaires. Well, it's funny that you say that because we, well, it's a book, obviously, but we are going to be talking about Christmas movies for the entire six o'clock hour. And I uh, would love to talk to you about It's a Wonderful Life because I remember you know, when I was a kid, I, that's the scene that always has stuck with me. I know everyone talks about that scene on the bridge and he learns what his life would have been like without without him and how much of an impact he had. But where those seeds are planted in them, most vivid scene for me is when there's a run, right? When the crash happens in October of 1929 and everyone, uh, what's his name? Potter is giving away, what was it like? Was it like 50 cents on the dollar because people wanted their cash out of the bank? And Jimmy Stewart's trying to explain, like, I don't have your money. We we take, you know, we, we, we are a savings and loan. And so we save your money and we also loan it out so people can buy homes and start their businesses. Like that to me is such a great explanation of how the community can be in this together. And if we aren't, then you're right. We go to the billionaires and people like Potter becomes Potter's Field uh, and it turns into, you know, a beautiful town where people are connected is all about money and uh, and gaming. And and look, casinos have their place. I'm not a a big fan, but uh, anyway, I'm going I'm going in another direction. But I don't know. Do you remember that scene? That's always stuck with me in that uh, Frank Campra had a really good way, even though he might not have been a a socialist, Democratic socialist. uh, He certainly told those stories, didn't he? 
Yeah, that's a, a wonderful film, and uh, that's... Uh, yeah, that's what we, I think uh, we need a whole lot more of these days is a greater sense of community. And, yes. Uh, uh, I think, uh, and, uh, and again, uh, hopefully somehow there shouldn't be any homeless in this country under these conditions, any conditions, but especially under these conditions. You know, I don't know if you, there's a, there's a great piece about the walking man, right? The, the, um, the man who lived uh, on the streets and was sleeping under some blankets he, for years, people knew him as his walking man, just walked everywhere through Chicago, very uh, charismatic and just people knew who he was. Do you know the story? This man was set on fire because apparently the guy oh, who did no. it. Well, the guy who did it said that he didn't know there was someone sleeping under the blanket. I don't know whether or not. That's true. Uh, but sadly, Walking Man just lost his life. He, just, he lost his battle against the wounds that he, he endured uh, as, a, as a result of being set on fire. And his family said, like, he was not, he wasn't mentally ill. He wasn't, he simply wanted to live that way. And so, uh, you know, it's interesting when we think about it, uh, we have to figure out a way where we also accept the alternate life that people want to live and support those you know, I, I who are... I would think very few... I think it's very, very few. Very few would want I, to live. I understand that, but I'm I'm only alluding to like this sort of dis- not we're not but about this disdain that we have for people who are living for whatever their reason. Uh, you know, we, we the fact is we. You're right. Homelessness should not exist at all uh, unless someone wants to live off the grid. We have enough resources. We have enough housing. We know we have plenty of empty apartments and buildings and storefronts. Uh, we have the resources and we don't seem to have the will. Yeah, that's sadly true. But uh, maybe things will change for the better. You know, where there's life, there's hope. Correct. And I thank you so much for taking my call, Patty. Sure. Take care. Have a good one. Talk to you later. Okay, bye. Take care. Have a good night. Let me uh, take a break here. We'll get get you updated on the traffic and uh, come back in just a moment on WCPT 820. We're driving it home. Don't forget the phrase that pays on our text screen is Honey Habanero for a chance to win a gift card from Gindo's Spice of Life. Take your calls when I come back. This is WCPT 820, where you can hear the Stephanie Miller Show every weekday, 8 to 11 a.m., because facts matter. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. You know what pairs really well with a uh, progressive brew is uh, anything you like to snack on with a uh, Kindo Spice of Life hot sauce. I've got in my hand if you're watching on Facebook Live. That's the honey habanero. Look at that. And you can even see how delicious that looks. It tastes. Uh, I'm a big fan if I haven't mentioned that before. Honey habanero is the phrase that pays text honey habanero for your chance to win a $50 gift card from 
our friends at Gindo's Spice of Life. And we're giving away cards every single day. Oh, I, uh, we got Chris. Chris Gindo is on the line with us right now. Hi, Chris. How are you doing? How are you doing, Patty? Oh, my God. Okay, so I'm, <laughs> I just tried the uh, the garlic with uh, cilantro. I don't remember the name of it, but it's so good. I'm excited to try the... Uh, oh, garlic cilantro. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> How How is the holiday season going? Oh, it's been so busy, so great. Everything's been awesome. We're actually finally starting to unwind a little bit, which is just kind of nice. Get a little family time. I've really had fun watching your uh, videos, too. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm watching them on Reels or on TikTok, but it's really fun to see. You're so passionate about the, the product that you create because it's not really it's – a, it's, a, it's a passion for you, isn't it? It really is. It's the one thing that kind of keeps us going, to be honest with you. We work so much, but it's, luckily I love it. And so even though it's like every day and every night and all year long and, and – and everything is just so I get to go in and do what I love to do. So I'm really happy about it. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I told you this last time. My husband caught me one time in the kitchen just looking at the, I had the fridge open and I grunted. And he goes, you just, you just figured out what you're going to pair with a hot sauce, didn't you? Honestly, that's our fantasy. Like somebody actually creates the meal around the bottle yeah. of hot sauce. Oh, that's 100%. Really Oh my God, that uh, the bacon jam one for breakfast with my eggs. Come on, I mean seriously, oh. dude. <laughs> I just I feel like when I the first time I told you the first time I tasted your hot sauce, I could taste the sunshine that these vegetables grew in, right? And uh, and I just it's it, I've my favorite quote. <laughs> it's, I've, I just never had hot sauce like that. I hadn't even met you. Uh, it's not like you're throw, it's not like you're throwing money at me either. It's kind of embarrassing to gush this hard about. <laughs> oh, I really appreciate you for sure. Oh my God! Hey, last time I saw you, you were actually up on stage. I loved it. Oh, thank you for coming out to the Arcada. We're actually going to be doing that again. Uh, we we did a few shows through the rest of November, and then I'll be back there uh, every month at the Arcada Speakeasy. So that was really sweet of you to come out. I know that you're busy, so that was right. kind. Definitely try to do it again. I want to try and bring Mary. And when you're in town, you should come up and check out our store. I know I've got to do that. The problem is, is that I work and then and I'm broadcasting from there. But I'll I'll, I'll make a day where I take a half day off in the afternoon and uh, come visit you guys and tell us about can so folks can come by the store, uh, check it out and everything. Tell us a little bit about the space. We actually just hit our one year anniversary there. It's um, 2002 West Main Street in St. Charles on the corner of Randall and 64. And it's awesome. It's just a small little store there. We, um, we're always in the back manufacturing. We like to be completely transparent. You can come see where we make everything. But we do a little storefront. We really want to encourage people to come by and check us out and come say hi. In fact, right now, up until Christmas or while supplies last, when you do come into the store, we're actually giving out a free bottle by Merry Christmas, Happy New Year as well. Oh, how cool is that? I there's something I I, I missed this past year, and I'm not going to miss it this time. I will I will make sure that I drive out to you before the uh, the black garlic sauces are gone because I I know it's a small batch, right? Well, we work with um, Garlic Best Farms, and whenever we do a collaboration with those guys, I, you know they're really popular. They're a great couple. They, their garlic is unparalleled, and for whatever reason, whenever we do a collab with those guys. The sauces only stay in stock for like a week or two. Right, I know, I know. I missed. Hey, do you see, I mean, look at it's it's December, and I'm still like, I miss the black garlic sauce. <laughs> and people email us too. They're like, when when are you going to have that again? When are you going to have the Romanian red again? When are you going to have this one again? The tahini one, and then we have it, and then they missed it. And they're so mad at me. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry. I just do it for like a week. And, and I want to reiterate for folks who are maybe they're like, oh, no, why does Patty go crazy for hot sauce? It's not just like the you know we're not talking about like those vinegary runny like hot for the these are not sauces for the sake of being hot. These are things that can also bring out the flavors of the food that you're eating too, right? 
It's almost as soon to call them hot sauce. Honestly. It is. They're really like fresh pepper, spicy fresh pepper sauce. Yes. It's meant to complement food and inspire creativity in the kitchen. They're not really meant to just be super hot. I mean, we do lately, especially I've been making a lot of spicier items as well. But most of our sauces are meant to just kind of be like a sauce that you pour over food and enjoy in the kitchen and and compliment your dish. Yeah, I, you know that's a good point. I need to stop calling them hot sauces because they are. It's the, that's the whole point of spice of life. It's a spice. So think of it as any of the other tools that you use in the, your kitchen for cooking. Um, and that's how. I, uh, pepper condiment or something, but you know, we, we do call it hot sauce, and so I, you're not wrong. Right, but, there, but you know, lack of a better term, basically. Right, and this isn't the kind of thing where you're like you, you know, you, you oh zombie. I think the zombie was a little hot, which I loved. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've been finding people have higher and higher tolerances um, lately, so I always have to have really spicy things in my arsenal. Yeah. Um, as well, and especially as, as of the last couple of years, I feel like I can't seem to make them hot enough. In fact, we started working on some really atomically hot sauces that I'll probably launch in the new year. <laughs> atomically hot. I, I love it. I love it. I mean, like, do you, do you wake up or, or are you kept awake with the idea of like, what am I going to make next kind of? I mean, that's what. I, A little bit. You know, sometimes they come to me in waves. Sometimes I'll have like six flavors I want to make that week. And then other times it's just I get, you know wrapped up in what I'm doing, but then I might meet a farmer who has a bunch of zucchini. And I'm like, oh, zucchini parmesan, that sounds good. Uh, or, right. you know, like this week, Mary was like, you know, it's a new year. We should probably think about people wanting to cleanse. And I go, oh, pomegranate hot sauce. So I'm going to go and make a pomegranate hot sauce. Oh, my God. Come on. <laughs> and so they kind of come to me like that. And then luckily, over the last three or four years, as I've gotten good at my crafts, they, they usually almost always come out. Um, it's it's rare. In the, in the early days, I would be throwing away batches of the hot sauce. But uh, these days, if I have a concept in mind, they usually always they always work. That's uh, it's it's just so much fun to try something new, which is why getting a subscription. Tell folks about subscribing to a monthly uh, delivery of hot sauce of the spice well, of life. It occurred to us that you know because we make so many flavors, I think I've come up with maybe seven flavors at this point. Um, we can actually have our own hot sauce of the month club. And, yeah. you know, I literally come out with at least one new flavor every single week. So we have people that can go on and either get a three-bottle subscription or a one-bottle subscription. You can either prepay for the whole year. You could do a monthly situation. You can do every other month. So we have a lot of different options. So coming out with an actual specific price isn't easy. However, they do start at fifteen ninety five, including shipping. It's, it's um, so You go on there, and then, uh, like I said, you just, you just kind of whatever we make and whatever I think is going to be the best, most popular sauce that month, then you'll get a bottle of that in the mail every month. Fantastic. I, I, uh, it's really great. And you collaborate with the, with the kids uh, for sauce. Tell us a little bit about this program where, where kids are helping those uh, yeah. families in your community that need it the most. Um, well, we, we, we partnered up with these students. They're amazing. They have a company called our I guess, a charity called Sauce, which uh, stands for Student Advocates for Underserved Children Everywhere. Three different sauces I created for these guys, empathy, community, and selfless love. And we're actually getting together with them this week to kind of talk about some updates. Most of those sauces are currently, I'm getting ready to remake them again probably in the next week or so. Um, but, yeah, these kids are amazing, and they donate all the proceeds. And they have these three different charities, and we basically just raise money with it. We try to do as many charities as possible. Ooh, um, we just I- raise a lot of money. For our veterans as well. Oh, that's wonderful. I love the work that you do to give back to the community. It's because, I mean, tell us a little bit about, for folks who haven't heard our interview before and, and how this, uh, how Gindo Spice of Life came to, to fruition. Tell us a little bit about that uh, that inspiration for you. The wife and I wanted to have, like, the, the Gindo Spice of Life to almost be like a culture where it's about, like, 
not just making a hot sauce, but actually like making all natural fresh pepper sauces sourced from local farms and to have the spice of life be about charity and community and giving back to the community. And we're all kind of in this together. And that's really one of our core values. It's making sure we're always trying to be charitable. So we have quite a few going right now. We have that sauce situations we've raised or collected a lot for the Midwest Veterans Closet. Actually, we'll be delivering three huge bags of clothes um, tomorrow. And then we also, what else do we have going right now? Um, the Save Animal Organization. Awesome. And that's what comes to mind right now. I just, I know that, like, we're, we're pretty easy. If you call us up and you have a charity, we're, we're, we always try to be involved in any way we can. Uh, I just got a, a text from our friend Jerry who said, if I'm going to be doing a show at the Arcada, maybe, if you're game, I could broadcast the show from there and then go do the show oh, at the Arcada from your, from your shop. Awesome. Yes. I, I would, oh, my yeah, God. Let's do it. That'd be so cool. I might not make, I mean, I, I just, I might follow. I mean, when I open one of your bottles, it's just one of my Can favorite I things. Can about, like, like, samples of hot sauce during your show and just, like, <laughs> sticking spoons in your mouth? <laughs> I would love that. I mean, here's the thing. So I don't know if you're, uh, so my, my mom is from Mexico. So chicharrones, which are pork rinds. Um, oh, oh my God. Like <laughs> your hot sauce on those. Because then it, because a pork rind is pretty tasteless. It's basically a crunch. I mean, okay. My husband said that all my food is, is just a delivery system for your sauces now. Uh, that's, he's like, that's awesome. <laughs> I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed, and I'm grateful. Thank you so much for uh, for uh, well, sharing. You're serious? You're going to come broadcast out of our place? Yeah, we'd love to next year. Uh huh. Because then I would I would oh, broadcast. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. Um, that will be amazing. Yeah, be super excited. Make sure you have plenty of good food and sauce to try while you're there. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you. But I want to thank you for, for sharing uh, these gift cards with our listeners that we're giving away every single day through the end of the year. Um, and, and as much as I'm excited to like share something as a gift with them, I'm excited for everybody to try it. I need people to message me and let me know what they thought. Oh, well, that's awesome. And we really appreciate all your support. And thank you. And I can't wait to see you uh, up on stage again, too. Oh, thank you so much. So we'll be pairing with uh, with Gindos. We'll go out there. And then I'll do a show at the Arcata Speakeasy with some great comics. And uh, and fo- remind folks where, the, where they can go to uh, both the website and uh, the location to go shopping. Uh, Gindos.com is our website. And we, uh, we also have a newsletter on there. We have a hot sauce of the month club. We're always updating every couple of days with new flavors. And then we are located on the corner of Randall and 64, which is going to be the north east side. Wait, strike that. Let me make, let me get my, my geography right here. It is actually going to be on the east north corner mm-hmm. of Randall and 64. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having to do it in my head. Where's the sun exactly? <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway, it's on the corner. It's on the corner of Randall and 64. It, there's it, a position to press. There's a Bilcho's Karate in the same complex there. So most people know those two landmarks. Outstanding, and it's such a cute area too. St. Charles is really a sweet air a neighborhood. Uh, I like, I love going out there, and the people are great. Especially this time of year, all the lights everywhere, it's super festive, and the stores, and the food, and the bars. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, a lot of great restaurants too. Well, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas. Uh, do you have big plans with the family? Yeah, we're just going to take it easy here. Well, like I said, we're winding down with the business, and we're just going to try and spend a couple of days with me not working. Hopefully, well, so we'll see in the. It sounds like you want to make it snowed in, which will actually be nice. Exactly. I was going to say, you've got uh, plenty of spices to keep you warm over the cold weekend and just hunker down, uh, decompress a little bit, and uh, and enjoy yourself. I wish you and Mary the very best. Thank you. You too. And I will talk to you. I'll talk to you again soon. I know we're going to have the, I think we're going to have the kids on next week to talk about the work they've been doing, catch up with them too. Awesome. Well, tell them I said hi. 
Absolutely. Have a have a wonderful have a wonderful wonderful holiday. And I'll talk to you in the new year. Thank you. Bye, Patty. Bye, Chris. Let's uh, take a break here. I know I got Jim on hold. We'll get your call when we come back on WCPT. Don't forget. By the way, speaking of those fifty dollars gift cards from Gindo's Spice of Life, Honey Habanero. That's uh, that's what I'm holding up right now on the Facebook page live stream. More after this on WCPT eight twenty. We're driving it home till seven. You're listening to WCPT eight twenty because facts matter. Driving it home with Patty Vasquez. In your communities in Chicago. On WCPT 820. I just realized that uh, I, I want to figure out, I want to like, kind of focus on the movies that have a progressive message when I hang out with Mike in just a little bit because it just occurred to me based on Brian's phone call, yeah, there's a bunch of Christmas stories that have uh, a progressive message bent to them, uh, meaning people who get new information are able to adjust and do better. Hey, Jim, I'm sorry to have kept you on hold for so long, but we've got time. What's going on? What's going on in your world, my friend? Your your response is more important than I am. (laughs) Anyway, what I was going to say is Tammy Duckworth and uh, Dick Durbin and the governor made a terrific speech today. They were going to get uh, expanded Wi-Fi throughout the state to rural communities and try to get uh, people up to snuff. And uh, in Durbin's speech, he uh, alluded to Roosevelt and the Tennessee Valley Authority. Yes. And when, uh, when Roosevelt uh, put that, installed it, he gave electricity and a better standing of living to millions of people. And the electric companies at the time said, oh, this is socialism, socialism. And uh, and Franklin thought it over, and he goes, he goes, oh, you know, this isn't fish nor fowl. This is good for everybody. In other words, when people talk about right and left and Marxism and all this other nonsense, we have to progress into the future. And, and, and the duty of a political servant should be looking out for the happiness of the, of the of the people that elected them. At least that's the way I feel about it. And uh, that was, uh, who was the guy that, uh, geez, I can't think of. But anyway, Patty, I just want to say that I thought it was a great, and then the governor was in on it too. Like, we thank God we've got three good representatives in Illinois. That's all I just say. Anyway, Patty, have a great but, day. No, wait, Thank Jim, you. to your point about uh, the TVA, Tennessee Valley, you know, when they when they put money into jobs, into infrastructure, but not just infrastructure. Remember, he also put money into the worker work project, the WPA, which brought in a lot of uh, support for artists and writers, whether I mean, like Lane Tech is lined. Uh, the hallways are lined with murals that were done by artists supported by the WPA. Um, we had great uh, filmmakers like uh, John Houston and uh, I think. I think it was John. I know Orson Welles for sure came out of the WPA because they were given the space, the support to uh, create their art, and uh, and we continue to benefit from that today. A, a much more civilized time. In fact, the GI Bill. I know people that came back from World War II uh, who were given uh, a little substance to go to college was yeah. free. And your mortgage, you get a GA mortgage. It was civilized. It was more civilized than it is today. But uh, I, but we have to return to that somehow. Uh, but we have to keep electing Democrats. That's all we can do. Uh-huh. Because apparently the Republic, Republicans don't want to uh, 
Wait. To spread around and spread the wealth. They don't want to spread any money around. Hold on, hold on, Jim. I, before before we get off again, I, uh, have you seen the battle that's brewing between uh, Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Trader Green? <laughs> oh, it's insane! It's insane. I, I, I heard. I eavesdropped. I, I no. I eavesdropped that every. It sounded like it sounded like a saloon in the night. You know, it's like a, a saloon in the nineteen fifties. You know, like you know. Look, it was crazy. It's yeah, so crazy. For folks who haven't seen this, uh, the people she doesn't want to. Lauren Boebert doesn't want to support uh, Kevin McCarthy, and uh, and she's like, I want to be able to have basically a uh, safety uh, button for they. They want to be able to remove the speaker in, because it's the third most important person in the, the line for secession and for the presidency. And uh, yeah, they want to be able to. They want to be able to remove the speaker. And she says she won't. She and someone said, well, you know, Marjorie uh, Trader Green agrees with supporting him. She's like, well, we. Don't agree on everything. Like, for example, I don't believe in Russian or Jewish space lasers. And MTG is like, wait a minute, girl. It's so much fun. It's really fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, he's dropped that. I mean, it's it's you can't even believe that those people are elected to any kind of an office. You know? Yeah, agree. They, they were they were elected. Yeah. But anyway, Patty, right. take right. my take, Have a good night. Take Bye. care, Jim. Appreciate it. Yeah, you guys, you guys gotta check out the. Uh, it- <laughs> And MTG, like, she reshared the, the, the video of, uh, and I think that uh, Lauren Boebert's standing next to, to Matt Gates, And, uh, yeah, it, it, at the, um, what's the, the fascist organization? Turning Point. Uh, they're down at one of those conventions where it's just a circle jerk. And uh, I saw a video of Lauren Boebert talking about, uh, you know, basically, like, she, she's acting like a, a tele-evangelist. And uh, I, I just don't, I don't, it's, it, oh! I know what it was. Marjorie Trader Green was uh, going on about how uh, Trump supported Lauren Boebert and, uh, she, you know, Mitch McConnell supported her and Kevin McConnell. They, they all, like, threw money at her and sent, lent their support and that she only, you know, she barely won by 500 votes, which when you list all the people that supported Lauren, Bo- Lauren Boebert and she came that like it's not actually that much of a dig when you're saying that your support and money wasn't enough to help her win. I don't, I don't think you realize that that's not that much of a, an insult. So uh, it is, uh, it's fun to watch. Look, I know that uh, um, Democrats also uh, fight amongst ourselves. So uh, it's just, and I'm sure that the Republicans delight in that too. And, and uh, that's fine. Um, it's just, this is so delightful. Delicious to watch pop all the popcorn, and I hope that it continues to grow. Uh, you know, we talk about how how this, the Republican Party is going to move forward, and let me let me make this clear. We talked about this yesterday with Professor Ostro uh, from Benedictine University about how. Prior to the 90s, for the most part, Republicans and Democrats were able to get to a point of agreement and, you know, they would they would horse trade on different issues and funding and uh, and, you know, pork belly and, you know, throw each other a bone here and there and stuff like that. Um, That doesn't happen anymore. And. Uh, it's because the Republicans have become all or nothing. I mean, when Obama was in office, they said, we are not going to say yes to anything he does. They vilified the Clintons. Uh, every, you know, we uh, Democrats are just we're you know, we are all subhuman to them. They demonize Democrats. And I get it. Of course, there was that kind of uh, language. But those folks and that's why they use the language of, you know, uh, I, with all due respect, they say things like that, even though we know it's it actually means something else, but they would use that language in the in the effort to be civil to each other. Um, but watching the the Republican Party now start to do it to themselves because they have their own litmus test uh, is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Let's take a break here. We'll talk 
Christmas movies when we come back. If there's anything I said that you want to comment on, you're welcome to uh, either on our text screen, 773-763-9278. And thank you to our sponsors. Uh, for making that that number uh, available for everyone. There are sponsors for our, our tech screen, a Camp Kubagani, and uh, we're so thrilled to uh, not only have them support the text line, but uh, the support they've shown to WCPT and these important conversations uh, for years. Let's take a break here. We come back. We'll check in with film critic Mike Crowley. We're going to talk Christmas movies. I'm going to talk about the ones that have a progressive bent. More after this on WCPT. Chicago's Progressive Talk, WCPT 820, where facts matter. Hi, this is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell progressive beer like AOC IPA and Bernie Brew, a lovingly irascible Democratic Socialist lager. A percentage of the proceeds of every beer I sell goes to helping keep Wisconsin blue and driving the Trump cult out of our state. Enjoy a great craft beer and help your dysfunctional neighbor to the north get its democracy back. Now available at Arminetti Wine and Spirits in Woodstock, Illinois, and Famous Liquors in Lombard, as well as in Chicago at A&S Wine and Spirits, Back of the Yards, and Grand and Western Liquors, Ukrainian Village. Please drink responsibly. You're listening to Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. We are going to talk Christmas movies with our film critic, Mike Crowley, who joins me in studio. Let me do this. And there's your microphone. How's that sound? Hi. Oh, that's the wrong one, everyone. Why can't your microphone work? Go ahead. Oh, over over in Bedford, we have a (laughs) station that works quite well there. You know, uh, all right. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey, yeah, I have Nick. a list of probably the most cliche Christmas films I can think of that everyone likes because it's uh-huh. weird with Christmas movies. It's like joy is fun to have on film, but it doesn't have a lot of conflict and it's not very interesting. Sure. Yeah. Yes, I I uh, I, I I am watching really trashy. I'm not. Watch, I don't go to Hallmark, right. uh, but I am watching all the cheesy. Uh, my one of my favorite cheesy ones is a uh, Christmas, a Castle for Christmas with Brooke Shields and uh, Carrie Elways. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's on Netflix. <laughs> oh, it's, it's okay. It's silly. That's... It's corny. It's uh, but you take you know two really beloved actors and put them together, and I mean Carrie Elways has a terrible Scottish accent, um, but it looked like they had fun making this movie, and I really enjoy. And, and plus, they're both in their fifties, so it's a love story about these, you know, these people who have lived lives and get together. It's fun. Yeah, that does sound like a lot of fun. I know there was another one that's uh, one of my friend's favorites, but I can't ni- name it at the top of my head. I think Sandra Bullock was in it. Okay, so my husband loves this movie. Yeah. While you were sleeping. Yeah, it, that's it. My husband loves. I mean, I I really like the movie too. Plus, yeah. it was filmed in Chicago. Uh, Peter Gallagher. It's got an amazing cast. I think Peter Boyle is in it. Uh, Peter uh, Peter Gallagher, um, Bill Pullman plays a romantic. Uh, both Bill Pullman and Peter Gallagher. I can go on about this one, but it's right. a really, it's a pretty sweet movie. I think I should see it. You know, yes, I think yeah. you should see it. It's corny. It's sweet though. Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. Well, when my first movie that I came out the the movie that's like my favorite Christmas film, and I'm not saying it like as a film. It's really not that good, especially when you listen to the audio commentary track because Warner Brothers sent me a nice little 4K copy of it. (laughs) But, like, on that track, like, everyone's just trying to say nice things about the movie and acting like they kind of got along. But, you know, 
the movie had Chevy Chase in it, and that's National Lampoon's <laughs> Christmas Vacation. I saw that for the first time last Christmas, by the way. First time? The, for the first oh. time. Oh. And the stuff that happens, at the, even in the first scenes where they're, I think they're at Marshall Fields, or there's some department store. Oh, yeah. The girl he's, like, Googling over. Oh, my gosh. It Googling, is, not yeah, Googling. Googling. Googling didn't, <laughs> Google didn't exist back then. Yeah. He would have Googled her without any clothes on. That's uh, Yeah, yes. pretty much. He yeah. would have he would have looked her up with that time from past pilot time at Ridgemont High sort of yeah. homage that they have with her later on. Yeah, it's uh, it definitely has conflict. Uh, there's a lot of stress in that movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's well, very stressful. The, the whole theme of it is it's about a guy who wants to have the perfect, like, either it's vacation away from home or the vacation at home, and this one is at home. He just wants the perfect uh, uh, holiday for his family, and it can't be perfect, and him trying to make it that way just makes everything so much worse. Oh my god, the bright lights. Yeah, the, the lights. My favorite scene in that movie, the, the, my favorite laugh is when the lights go on, but then they glitch off. So then he runs over to the Santa Claus and he just starts punching him in the face. Yep. And then he rips off the antlers and he hits and he kicks Santa on the air. It reminded me of just my dad so much because he would always get that way. Now with Christmas lights, he would just kick over. He'd trip over things and kick them and then blame the thing that he tripped over like it was that, <laughs> like it was its fault. But yeah, and actually when I was watching it, it turns out he broke his pinky on that scene oh, when really? he was punching Santa. Yeah. And he just kept going. Wow. So, yeah. Well, he that's why he was on a lot of painkillers in the 70s and 80s was uh, his physical humor. And look, I love a good story. That is not what the the Christmas vacation is, but I am a sucker for slapstick. Oh, yeah. It is all that. It's pure vaudeville. (laughs) You know, that's why it works so well. And I think it was more thanks to John Hughes' script than the director's uh, direction, because he was just kind of like, yeah, it's my first movie. I put the camera there. I don't know what I was doing. Sure. But yeah, Jeremiah S. Chechik is his name. And uh, his, his filmography included one I would have never expected. He did a remake of a horror film called Diablique. Really? And, yeah. And that movie was about uh, sort of this abusive husband who the wife goes out and kills and she has to figure out like a way to hide the body. And he did kind of like this this critically panned remake, which speaking of critically panned, uh, Christmas Vacation was panned sure. when it came out. You know, Roger Ebert didn't like it among many other critics, but I mean, I can understand why they didn't like it so much. It is kind of a shallow film. Maybe it's not quite as good as the first vacation movie, although, in my opinion, it's my favorite vacation movie, and it's really the only one I've seen. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that, that would probably lend itself to that. I've never seen Family Vacation, the road trip one. Yeah. And I think they recast the sister, too, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's a different actress. But, uh, and yeah. I, I think Julia even, Lewis like, played her in, in Christmas Vacation. Yeah. yeah. And that's the same girl. And I don't think the brother's the same, either. Rusty's always been like recast. And they were joking about that in the audio comment. It's like, yeah, we just keep recasting him every time. He's just a different actor. Yeah. Wasn't it the kid from uh, um, the Anthony Michael Hall? I think he's in one of them. I can't remember. He that's... might. You know what? I think Anthony, was Anthony Michael Hall rusty in uh, Vegas Vacation? That might be it. Yeah, okay. he's in one of them. Uh, and, and Or he would have been older then, I think. I, so. I can't remember. But I, uh, it is the only vacation movie I've seen as well. And I used to love Chevy Chase because Fletch is a great movie. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. It just is. Um, he was great in SNL whenever he was Gerald Ford. He just like. Yeah. Trip over things and fall yeah. over. And now, like, Joe Biden's like the new instance of that where he's like 
tripping going up the airplane and falling right. off the bike. They're gonna. I'm sure they did something like that on SNL. Who knows? I uh, I, I don't like Randy Quaid very much, uh, but he's appropriately oh, yeah. disgusting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's oh my god. In the audio commentary, I know I keep going back to that, but it's like the only behind the scenes thing they have on like the 4K, which is like really disappointing. But still, it's like the whole time they're talking on the track, they had to like get Randy's attention. I think he was just like completely plastered when they're it. doing it. I mean, yeah. I mean, he didn't he like sneak into a bunch of people's houses like he broke in there with his wife and then he like claimed that it was his place yeah. or something like that yeah they're they're, they're a little they're a little out there they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're psychotic i mean he he literally is cousin eddie in real life probably maybe a little smarter but still i don't know but yeah i mean that what's your favorite gag in that movie i, I always love the uh pro- my favorite was the one where he like beats up the santa claus where the lights go on which is like one of the lesser oh i, like, I there's so much i mean I, I can't i haven't seen it since last year because i just and everyone was looking at me like I was nuts because I was like, every, I think everyone in my house was horrified, uh, but I just couldn't stop laughing at any of the slaps. Like the neighbors when the lights come on. Oh yeah, uh, Juliet, uh, Juliet, uh, Juliet Lewis, Juliet, Juliet, Juliet. I gave yes. my Julia screw screwed up, but Juliet Lewis Dreyfus. Yes, I screwed it up again. But like, yeah, that was. Bef- I think that was like but, after she came off of SNL, mm-hmm. and then she was in. Um, yeah, she was in this movie, and then she did Seinfeld. But it, so good. Oh yeah. yeah, she she was great as sort of like the snotty entitled wife tight yeah 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 and the husband's just like the condescending artsy type of person and they they worked as sort of the opposite which is you know chris which is clark griswold the you know corporate happy-go-lucky kind of dumb dad in a way yeah exactly i'm trying i'm trying to remember some of the gags i'm like because it's, it's one of those things where it doesn't stick with me i remember people yeah. telling me this about when i like stand-up comedy then you see so much comedy you get this that there are some comics that you laugh at when you're watching them yeah but you can't really remember anything that they said or it's hard to explain a joke too by you know to someone yeah. else when someone has a joke it's like oh what's like one of their best jokes i'm like well you have to watch it if yeah. I say it is not gonna it's not gonna make any difference. I knew that there was I knew there was one with the cat that was involved where he bites the cord yeah, and pussy cat. Yeah, I, does a cat get? We shouldn't give it away. No spoilers. No spoilers. Oh, that's all right. It's, it's a comedy. The gags are meant to be spoiled. But no, no, the cat bites the uh, wire on the Christmas tree and then she ends up getting electrocuted. Yeah. And then you know Clark goes, "What am I smelling there?" And, and of course Randy Quaid goes, "Fried pussy cat." <laughs> or of course, oh, I can't say the line, but he says, "S words full" when he's dumping out the uh, yes the remains. From oh, the toilet of yeah. his RV into oh, the God. sewage line. Oh uh, yes, and it, yeah, it's combustible. Yeah, yes. which yes. ends up creating a like I think it reignites the display Santa yes. Claus in the front of the house, and it shoots it in the air. <laughs> it's a big firework, and of course, uh, who's uh, Bill Murray's older brother that plays his dad? Oh, in the film. Yeah, I yeah. I, I know who you're talking about, but I don't, not uh, it's yeah. not Joel. Brian is it Brian Doyle Murray? Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah, Griswold always that guy in all the films, right? <laughs> yes. But yeah, I mean, next to Christmas Vacation, but again, it's fun as like disposable entertainment where you could just like walk in on a random scene in the movie and you're like, oh yeah, this is, and again, I think it's reached the point where it does because people my age kind of grew up on it, you know, and I was like a little kid when it came out and of course, that was like the funniest thing in the world as an adult. It's like the timing of the gags are just, you know, 
brilliant. And they're very fun. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's our that's our first Christmas movie we're talking about with film critic Mike Crowley. If you have a movie you want to share with us, 773-763-9278 is the number to call. You can also text, and don't forget to use that text line for your chance to win a $50 gift card to Gindo's Spice of Life. We've got uh, Honey Habanero. delicious. Oh, my God, Mike. I'm going to give you this bottle. But, <laughs> uh, if you like hot sauce, yes! this is yours. Uh, oh, Christmas came early. <laughs> 773-763-9278. Text Honey Habanero uh, for your chance to win a $50 gift card to Gindo's Spice of Life. And we want to thank our sponsors of the uh, the text line. We want to thank our friends at Camp. Uh, oh, no, not that one. I have, different, I have different phonetic spellings of it. But Camp Kubagani. We want to thank our friends from Camp Kubagani. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation about Christmas movies on Driving It Home With Me. We're here till 7. I'm Patty Vasquez. Because facts matter. You're listening to WCPT 820. To Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez on WCPT 820. I love that our guest field critic... Mike Crowley is already making plans for how to use his Gindo's Spice of Life. Like, I have some chicken. I'm I do. <laughs> now I got. Now I got to get some bread and then like make it fried chicken. You know, it's fantastic. I'm just going to give it here. Here's your bottle. Okay, so here forget, we go. My uh, my friend Jerry was like uh, our collaborator on the show. Shot like, right here. Here you go. <laughs> so good. Plus Wait I have the hat on. We're good. Um, <laughs> don't forget Honey Habanero to our text line seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight for your chance to win a bottle of Gindo's Spice of Life. Hot sauce. And uh, again, we are thrilled to be sponsored by our friends at Camp, Camp Kuburagi. Nope. They didn't get it. See? Did you see Camp Kuburagi. Uh, nope. No, don't, don't, don't play with it. It's my fault. It's my fault. <laughs> uh, we are hanging out with uh, Mike Crowley talking about uh, our favorite Christmas movies. And so far, we have got. Uh, I mentioned. What did I mention? I don't even know. Uh, oh, it was watched. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And mine, we talked about my husband's one of his favorite, which is uh, While You're Sleeping. While You're Sleeping. That's right. Yeah. That. All right. I'll watch it tonight. Okay. Uh, Dad, <laughs> I'll put on while you were sleeping, while you sleep during it. I'm seeing the family for the Christmas. So Your dad not? likes that movie too. He loves that movie. He's what always is- like, while you were sleeping. I'm like, uh, I never heard of that. I wonder if the the dads like Steve likes it too. And I wonder, and like Steve's super handsome. I'm going to be yeah. honest with you. Um, but I almost wonder if they like the fact that the kind of average, the, not the average guy, but the the nice guy gets yeah. the girl instead mm. of the the strictly pretty boy, superficial guy. Huh. You know what I mean? Yeah, they do that in a lot of movies. Too, where like the nerdy guy will get the girl or something yeah. like that in the end. That's kind of like a usual convention. It's how they play with it is what matters. Yeah. You so, so what's your next movie on your list? Oh, well, Miracle on 34th Street. <laughs> the original one? starting... Oh. Yeah. No, not the, not, not the Richard Attenborough one with... Uh, it's sweet. Yeah, it's but, nice, but it's a little too sweet, the yes. remake. You know what I mean? I'm just like... Like, for instance, like uh, the ending of the film, they have to go to court to determine if Santa Claus is real. And the closing argument is different than the original. Isn't the original movie that they're they're fighting about whether or not he's sane? Yeah, 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 and they and I think they find they fight about whether he's sane, and then they fight if to see if he's actually Santa Claus. Because everybody else believes that he is. Yeah. Sorry, spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, spoiler, he is Santa Claus. But you know, the, yes. but the thing is that makes the movie work is that it's grounded in reality. But is he Santa Claus, or is he just able to read people and help people and direct them in the right direction? You know. 
I, well, that's kind of why it worked. Is they, they you don't see any direct magic put yeah. on screen. You don't see him like all of a sudden, you know, shooting twinkles out of his fingers or flying through reindeer. But instead, what you see is just a guy who, like you said, is resourceful who can help people. Like yes. for instance, there's that scene near the beginning where there is a girl who speaks Dutch, and they are trying to explain to him, "Well, you, I'm, we're sorry, you don't know." And then immediately he goes, "Now you could go. Well, maybe he just knows another language." That's nothing, or maybe because yes, right. he's Santa, he knows every language and he's magical. But it's just things that they kind of sprinkle hints at. So then, when you actually see the movie and you go to the end, it's sort of like it's not important if he was really Santa Claus or not. But it was just about making people happy, right? And you know, if you're a little different, if you're a little out there for making people happy, so what? Who cares? You know, the whole point is is that you've made an impact on people's lives, and I think that's what Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street was about, which is oddly a very commercial film. Yeah, but <laughs> absolutely. But it works for the time it came out, and I think that's why the remake didn't work, because you know, at that point, you're like, why am I watching this Macy's commercial? But when you see from the 1950s uh, or 40s, whenever it came out, uh, you go, wow, you know, that all these stores are working together and it's Santa Claus who's making them work instead of compete. And in that way, yeah, it's commercialist, you know, when, when they're name dropping gimbals and they're having Macy's and all that. But, it, but it's effective for the overall story, which is about a man who brings people together. And Edmund Gwynn has to be the quintessential on-screen Santa Claus. Richard Attenborough, I will have to say, I wasn't a fan of that movie, but I was a fan of him in that movie. Like, he was fantastic. Well, and the other thing is Maureen O'Hara is, is ethereal. Mm-hmm. She's just absolutely wonderful watch Natalie Wood as the little girl. Yeah. Uh, it's a great, it's a really great cast. And John Payne was a great actor too. So it's a, it's, I, I agree. I like that one a lot. And to your point about the, the movies, Gimbals and Macy's competing with each other, the, like there it was, the through line was we can all do better working together. Yeah. Which actually kind of is a progressive value. Exactly. <laughs> On WCPT eight twenty yeah, AM, progressive right. talking. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but no, that that's the thing. It was a it was a progressive value, and it wasn't about toys or anything in the end. Although the little girl, little Natalie sure. Wood, gets an entire house to herself. But is, but. but at the end, do they get the house, or just show the Maureen O'Hara walks into a house that's for sale? That yeah, she, you know, she's an executive, so she can buy. You know, yeah. what I mean? it's like, open for interpretation, yes. but it's pretty clear that they're going to get the house, and they're going to yes. get married, and they're going to have the kid, it's or just not well, they have her. the kid already. But, right. You know, right, exactly. Yeah, it's a lot of it's a it's a sweet movie. I agree. I yeah. like that one a lot. And well, and it's and it reminds me of the end of uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington with mm. all the buckets of letters coming in from kids who believe that he really is Santa because they've yeah. addressed it to where he is. Yeah, and in the remake they changed it up where on the dollar bill. It says, in God we trust. And they're like, well, we don't know if God exists, but we trust in him. But but it's an argument. It's like, yeah, but we don't really put God within any of our laws. So as far as I know, but I'm not a, but I'm not a, a you know, but yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's an interesting take, but it's not as effective as when they come in from the uh, polls. And I love how the fact that I love the way when I was rewatching it last night, I love how the post office, like, sort of begrudging employee is the reason that they win the case. He's like, hey, I'm getting sick of all these letters here. Why don't we just bring it up there? Okay, exactly. jingle bells, jingle all the way. You know, and then that that's uh, that's how that happens is because of begrudging uh, employee, you know, in a thankless... By the way, if there's anyone who should really be thanked during the holidays, it's all of our delivery men and UPS drivers oh, and 
thank the mailman today. I saw all the bins that he was yeah. moving, and I was like, man. All right, so far we've got uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yep. We've talked a little bit about While You Were Sleeping. That's Mike's uh, assignment. And uh, we just did <laughs> yeah. the original 1947 version of Miracle on 34th Street with Edmund Gwynn. Uh, Ed, right? Edmund, Ed, Edmund, Ed, yeah, Edmund, Edmund Gwynn as Santa Claus, a.k.a. Chris Kringle, spelled with a K like he's in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Maureen O'Hara as Doris Walker. John Payne as Fred Gailey. Peter Hall as Gainville Sawyer. Oh, man, what a... That he, he did a good job of being a grouchy yeah, exactly. sort of trick because like, his whole thing was Santa Claus go... They want to give him a psychic... A psychotic evaluation. Psychic evaluation. Is it called psychic or psychotic evaluation? Psychiatric. Psych- yeah, psych- it wouldn't be psychic because not unless <laughs> I mean Santa Claus probably does have psychic powers. That's what it seems like. Yeah, yeah. but it wasn't a psychic evaluation. Uh, but no, he was great as like the doctor who basically you know tried to disprove that he was Santa Claus just because he had some sort of personal grudge against right. it. Which I guess that's something that we could have done better. Why was he so angry all the time? But I'm gonna guess the remake probably had a scene if I can remember where he's like, I remember when Mom told me there was Santa and I did to get the trains that I wanted and blah, 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 or something like that. Well, and, and uh, to your point about the uh, updated version of it, and I'm trying to remember the woman that was also in About Last Night as the friend and she was in Weeds. Uh, who was the woman that plays the mom in the remake? Anyway, to your point about when Santa can speak Dutch, you remember in the new version, they he, there's a little girl, the mom says she's deaf, you don't mm-hmm. have to talk to her. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he warms your heart by being able to speak spy, sign language and yeah. says she's a beautiful girl. And it was, you know, it's actually like the remake isn't bad. It's just right. okay. I agree. You know, like, and that's kind of how I felt about seeing the movie. I'm like, yeah, there's no reason to like outwardly dislike it. I think, I don't know, the, uh, who, who's the guy from the practice who was like the love interest in that movie uh dermot mulroney yeah 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 like he he was kind of like he he worked as a choice but it was like so on the nose with in practice i just couldn't help but think about the show every time i that's true saw him in the film. it was so popular at the time too yeah what's that let's God, see i'm so old let's see are you kidding me i'm gonna throw him out right now lady b i'm gonna throw him out right now what uh, what's your next movie but we'll tease it and see if we have time to talk uh, okay about yeah it. uh it's a wonderful life of course oh, well, what else would it be come on mary <laughs> I mean, it's funny. Most of that movie does not take place on Christmas, but Mm-mm. it does for the beginning and ending, and it is about a guardian angel who's saving someone's life on Christmas Eve who you learns the value of friends and family. And I also love the way it starts with the stars. The angels mm-hmm. are like having their conversing, and they're looking down at George. Little twinkle stars. Yeah, and they send Clarence. Bells. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they sent Clarence down. And I was mentioning this. I don't know if you heard me talking about uh, the, the Democratic Socialist uh, the socialism message about my scene that always stuck out for me. There's so many at the beginning. There's so many great moments, uh, whether it's the slide, the sledding. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. it's masterful at showing these parts of his childhood, mm-hmm. right? The sledding with his brother, he falls through the ice, working at the, uh, the pharmacy and, and always like every time I, I see one of those old time lighters, hot dog. Hot dog. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I had a million dollars. Um, I love all that. And Mr. Gower, I mean, there's just so many iconic not actors and performances and the writing, but the scene where there's a run on the banks and mm-hmm. Potter has uh, paid people like I can't remember if it's fifty cents on a dollar, uh, and they all they're all going to go over there because uh, Jimmy Stewart doesn't have their money, and he explains to them, yeah. I don't because we, we we put it in you know this family's house and we put it in this business and mm-hmm. it's so our community can thrive, and then you see the, how things would turn out if he hadn't convinced people to hold the line and work with each other, and that's mm-hmm. that I love that part of it. Yeah, well the whole point is like. Uh, what I love about this movie is that 
Uh, George Bailey doesn't require material wealth to be happy. Yes. Although at the end of the film, he come, becomes the richest man in town. But that's because he sort of earned that place by helping other people. And what, what made that movie work is that he is a man who does whatever he can to help other people out. And he has to learn, even when life is at its worst, it's still very much worth living. Because, you know, before, when he's about to commit suicide, spoilers, but come on, (laughs) the movie came out how many years ago? Oh my God, why'd you give away the ending? Like, I don't know, because we were talking about it. (laughs) The people who still haven't seen it, I always feel bad, because then I feel like we've overdone it by talking about it so much. Well, then it makes them curious to see what's in the film. Like, that's the thing. Like, sometimes I would use, like, a spoiler to lure me into wanting to see a film. I remember as a little kid, I had someone intentionally spoil The Sixth Sense for me. Oh. Because I wasn't like as interested in seeing. Once they spoiled it, I'm like, yeah, it kind of ruins it. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But how frustrating is Uncle Billy, played by the incredible Thomas Mitchell? By the way, I uh, feel so oh. bad for Uncle Billy. I feel horrible for him. I like, I'm not with even him. frustrated with it. I'm just like, because I'm always, I always put things down and I forget where to put it. <laughs> so I could just imagine myself in Billy's situation, where you know what my nephew is telling me. You're gonna go to jail, not me. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. it's a, uh, it, it, it's in it, 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 the uh, sort of uh, culmination of you know Jimmy Stewart getting so desperate. I mean, he the range of emotions that he displays in this movie, you know, despair, mm. you know, obviously joy and love. And by the way, which little rascal is uh, in the scene where they open the gym floor? I don't know. Alfalfa. Oh, is so, that alfalfa? Really? Al- yeah. I don't That's know why hilarious. I just showed you this with the hair sticking up. He doesn't have know. it sticking up in the. Movie. Movie, I but, think we think about Mad TV with, or Mad Mad Magazine with the hair and the, and he and the David Letterman gap. Yeah, yeah, and he, uh, but he's one of the boys that is opening the floor because he's jealous that they were dancing together. Yeah, so, yes. well, that was great. You it's know, a great the, scene. Whole, the whole time, like they're they're cheering as they're going. Just the framing of it alone, when you see him, there is one thing I noticed when I saw the movie recently. There's a lot of like awkward cuts in it. Yes, like was that was that just me? Like there's sometimes where people are having a conversation and the camera is wide. It's on both of them. And and then it'll just like punch in a little closer, the, the, but it won't change angles. It'll be the same yeah. angle. The dining room like, scene, the dining room scene with I think with his dad uh, when they're at the table. I think yeah. that one's one of the scenes that you're talking about too. I got to take a break here because we have update traffic. We're hanging out with Mike Crowley, film critic, YPA reviews. You'll probably agree reviews. It's ypareviews.com. Uh, check out all of his work there. And uh, we're talking holiday movies. If you have one you want to share with us that we haven't talked about, or you want to go back and talk about one that we did, seven seven three seven six three nine. That's the number to call or text to share your thoughts. More after that. Oh, don't forget the text. Honey, habanero to 773-763-9278 for your chance to win a $50 gift card from Gindo's Spice of Life. Go to gindos.com for all their incredible sauces. I'm just saying. Listen to the Tom Hartman Radio Program every weekday from 11 to 2 right here on WCPT 820, where facts matter. WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk, where facts matter. I forgot to hit the music, so let's just start talking. Hi, you're listening to Driving at Home. I'm your host, Patty Vasquez. We have Mike Crowley, YPA Reviews. You'll probably agree. Reviews. You can go to YPAReviews.com to find all of his work, including... Is, is your top, I, I have my top ten on there. I got it up there. Excellent. And I also have a review for The Whale and Babylon up there. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Right. We'll yeah. talk about those too soon. Uh, we, <laughs> we were talking about our, our uh, Mike's list of holiday movies. And uh, in the course of the last uh, two segments, we've been talking 
talking about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation uh, while you were sleeping, which was something I brought up and apparently Mike's dad enjoys. Yeah. <laughs> and he's going to watch it tonight with some uh, honey habanero, uh, get oh, yeah. some spice of life sauce. Mm-hmm. And, it smells uh, great, and by we, the way. We t- it's so good. Uh, we talked about the original Miracle on 34th Street. We've been talking about uh, the, uh, of course, the film It's a Wonderful Life, which yeah. uh, it wasn't well received when it came out. It didn't do that. Really? Well. Oh, yeah, why, no, do, no. why do critics keep doing this in the past? It's, yeah, it <laughs> it's was, like The Wizard of Oz, It's a Wonderful Life, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Exactly, yeah. It's it's in that vein of that. Oh, let's see what Roosevelt wants to say about movies. Hey, Roosevelt, what's on your mind? Um, you guys are making me think of all these Christmas movies. Yeah. But I can't think of it. I was, I was asking Lady B. Yes. You know that Latin movie that is with Freddie, with the Puerto Rican comedian, uh, not an actor? I just started watching this. I just started watching this last night. Hold on a second. It was filmed in Chicago. You know, one of the things that was mm-hmm. bothering me and Steve, because we were watching it, and it's like, it, it's kind of like whenever they make either a, a show with people of different uh, Asian backgrounds or Latino backgrounds, uh, like Luis Guzman, Freddie uh, Rodriguez, yeah. Elizabeth Pena, Alfred Molina. Uh, I can't remember all the other actors' names, but uh, yes, it's filmed yeah. in Chicago. It, it's, it, I don't know if it's one of Elizabeth Pena's last movies uh but i and i didn't like i was googling everyone's background luis guzman is is puerto rican uh Je- oh john luizamo is in it um yes so we started watching it it's it's lovely to see our communities uh featured in this movie and uh what's the name of it mike um uh, still trying home to find for the it holi- not home for the holidays uh so not I can't, I can't remember what it is i typed in elizabeth Pena <laughs> christmas movie look, look, <laughs> lady b's trying to like she's tr- <laughs> she's trying to mouth the name of it Did you find it yet no all right uh, i gotta google it all right fine I'll get it. Um, but it's really lovely. And my, my Steve goes, why weren't you in this movie? And I was like, look at this gas. It's not like I was going to be able to compete with these folks. Um, hold on a second. And, and, and also, I love that movie that you were talking about with uh, Sandra Bullock. Oh, see? While you were sleeping, everyone. Is it called I, Nothing I Like the Holidays, that. by the way? I think that's, that's right. It's a great movie. Nothing like the holidays. It's 2008. Uh, nothing like the holidays. That's free it. on YouTube. That's the one. <laughs> I think it's also streaming free uh, if you have a Prime Amazon. Uh, I do. Yes. Yeah. That's how I saw but Wonderful I- Life last night. Oh, I own a physical copy. The Prime version has the. I want that on 4K now. Okay. Criterion. Can we put It's a Wonderful Life in 4K UHD? Physical media still exists. There is a demand for it. It is beautiful. It gives you the best quality version of a film you'll ever say. I'm sorry, I was going on a tangent. That's okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Rosa. Yes? I'm going to throw a curve at you, and oh. this is for everybody out there. Okay. And all you people that are above the age of 60 or 50, no, 60, I would say. Here's an obscure movie, but it's a great movie. I saw it when I was a kid. It's with Lloyd Bridges, and it's with... Um, uh, Partridge Family Lady, what's her name? Shirley Jones. Um, Shirley Jones. Wow, it's I'm really good. Silent. <laughs> you gotta see this movie. It's a movie for adults. It's called Silent Night, Lonely Night. That sounds really yeah. familiar. I love Shirley yeah, Jones. Hardly, by the way. Yeah, hardly, hardly anybody shows that. I mean, it, it, um, uh, uh, put that movie on TV. I, I've never seen any, anybody put it on TV in like maybe 20 years, 15 years. I could be wrong. Now, did it? I'm reading the description. Does this sound right? Over the Christmas holidays in a small New England college town, a man and a woman share a brief interlude. Ooh. Yeah, he yeah. is there to visit his it's wife, who is a mental movie. patient. 
at the university. Oh, this is a happy Christmas movie already. Holy cats. <laughs> a great movie. I, I recommend that movie to you guys. Man. Okay. This actually sounds pretty good. I'm going to add this to my watch list. It's a story about... Jones is very, oh, she's great. Jones was very under... I'm sorry. You know, you're, she's very underrated, you were going to say. Yes? She was very underrated in, in, in the film. She, she was a great actress. Beautiful lady. Her and Kim Novak. Of course, Sophia Loren and on and on and on. But but Shirley Jones is beautiful and very talented. She could sing. She could act. You know, if I, was, yeah. I would imagine she could, if she wanted to model, I'm sure she would have been able to model. She's a beautiful woman. Oh, yeah. She was, she was delightful. And, Absolutely. Really charming. And, of course, I... I like the goofy movies like Bad Santa. Bad Santa? Bad Santa is a great movie. Isn't there there a movie, guys, that's similar to Bad Santa and it's the current movie? I think it was from last year. Violent Night? Is is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, is it where David Arbor, like I saw it, I actually gave it a good review. I think I gave it like three and a half out of four Guinnesses. Yeah, it's basically like Santa Claus. It's like Die Hard meets a Christmas movie. And yeah, Die Hard meets Home Alone. I'm sorry. Which, I mean, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? An unconventional one, yes. Unconventional one, yes. But yeah, no, this movie... um, Right. What was the name of the movie? Oh, yeah, Violent Night. Yeah, Violent Night. My brain turned off for a second. What happened? Uh, Violent, yeah, but Violent Night is basically Santa Claus just basically going out and kicking Terror's butt. And, yeah. I love it. And it's fun. Like, the jokes land. Uh, the, the, only, the only thing is, like, maybe the family's a little boring in the film, but outside of that, it's, it's so much fun. That's awesome. Hey Roosevelt, I had a listener. A listener text me. They were like, "Is is Roosevelt on the payroll?" <laughs> we love hearing from you, Roosevelt. I know he, he knows more movies than I do. Why am I even a critic? <laughs> I like. I have proof that you can be uh, you can be mediocre at anything and succeed. <laughs> what was that, Roosevelt? I like cult movies. I like movies that yeah. I can see that. Yeah, fly under the radar. However, I know I assigned this last year. Have you seen Meet John Doe with Gary Cooper and Barbara Stanwyck? Yeah, I saw that a long time ago. I mean, that one kind of proves how uh, Frank Kappa is a guy who doesn't just make simple characters. Because yeah. the synopsis of the movie is that, uh, I think it was Cary Grant, right? No, it's Gary Cooper. Gary Cooper, okay, well, one of those guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, 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 that's not a mistake. I'm just kidding. No, Roosevelt, have you seen, I know I assigned it last year for the audience. Did you see it? Roosevelt? <laughs> he, he didn't want to answer. He's done. He's like, he, he got on yes. his sled and he got away. There you go. <laughs> no, that, that one was Is great because... Call Roosevelt? Go ahead. Yeah, but no, that one was great because that, that was about someone who made up a suicide note. Well, right, and, because they're firing the entire, the newspaper is firing staff. Yeah. And she's trying to keep her job. So she creates this John Doe character, like mm-hmm. about how hard times are and, you know, the little guy and we got to look out for each other kind of stuff. And, and it becomes a hit. Yeah. And, and she gets to keep her job. And then everything that she stands for, she progressively starts getting, you know, they have to hire a guy to be actually John Doe. It's a great movie. I just, yeah. It's, it does a lot. It, it's very similar to It's a Wonderful Life. And I think he com- tries to commit suicide at yeah. Christmas Eve. Did, did Frank Capo try to commit suicide on Christmas Eve? Is that what he's trying to say? Well, it's on New Year's Eve where he tries to commit suicide because it's the strike of midnight he's going to Ah, yeah. And then, there was the, and then there was like the whole, uh, the guy, I, I got to see it again. I saw it once and I'm like, that was great. 
Yeah. But then that was so long ago. Super good. Let's take a break here and find out some more of Mike Crowley's m- Christmas movies. Uh, we're talking about uh, all of the movies that uh, maybe some that you've seen, uh, some classics, some new ones. And uh, we'll continue our conversation in just a moment. Don't forget to text uh, Honey Habanero to 773-763-9278. And we are so thrilled that the WCPT text line is sponsored by Camp Kupanagi. Kupagani. Got it. Got it. Kupagani, a multicultural camp for kids that celebrates diversity, equity, and inclusion. Uh, So thank you so much to our friends from Camp Kupagani. More in a moment on WCPT 820 Heartland Signal. Tonight on Democracy Now! The House January 6th Select Committee has unanimously voted to refer Donald Trump to the Justice Department to face criminal charges, including aiding an insurrection, as he attempted to overturn the 2020 election. We'll get response and air excerpts from the committee's final public hearing. All those stories and more tonight at 11 on WCPT 820. This is WCPT 820, where facts matter. This is Kirk Bankstead from the Minocqua Brewing Company, and I sell Choice Hard Seltzer, an all-natural grapefruit-flavored booze that you can enjoy for only 100 calories a can. A percentage of the proceeds of every can of Choice Hard Seltzer you buy goes to reproductive rights organizations in the Chicagoland area. Enjoy a light, refreshing hard seltzer this summer and support reproductive freedom at the same time. Now available at Dino's Cardinal Liquors in Gurney, Illinois, and Sugar Beet Food Co-op in Oak Park, as well as in Chicago at Jarvis Square Tavern, Rogers Park, and Garfield's Beverage Express Wicker Park. Please drink responsibly. Ooh, you guys, I have to let you know, uh, I know Joan also talked about this at the end of her show. Uh, we are going to be having a mayoral forum, and uh, I'm so excited to be a part of this. The candidates have filed, and Chicagoans are going to vote to determine who will be the next mayor of Chicago. Have you made up your mind? Uh, if you haven't, and even if you have, keep listening, because that's what we are as progressives. We take new information and make decisions based on that. WCPT wants to help you decide. Join us Thursday, January 26th at noon. Uh, Joan, Santita, and I will moderate this WCPT Chicago Mayoral Candidates Forum. You're going to hear directly from the candidates about the direction they want to lead our great city for the next four years. Right here, we're going to have that conversation on January 26th at noon on WCPT. Joining me in studio is is film critic Mike Crowley with his we're talking about Christmas movies he said the next one's going to be a curveball oh, did yeah. you say that? okay yeah because now I'm going to do some unconventional Christmas films because yes, Christmas films are fun but and they kind of get a little repetitive like yeah heavy heavy joy family family blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> yeah so one of them that's a Christmas movie and even the music box theater uh, little little uh Drop name drop for them there. Uh, they 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 actually showed it as their list of unconventional Christmas movies is Batman Returns. Oh. What? Okay. Yeah. Is this with a Catwoman and Penguin? That's the one, okay. yeah. Now, that one's an unconventional Christmas movie because it's about people getting together or having a family during Christmas. And unfortunately, our three protagonists do not have a family. You have Bruce Wayne, who is a man whose parents were killed when he was a kid. You have the Penguin, who was abandoned by his parents. Remember, they put him in the liquor, little wicker basket and they threw him. Because he's got, oh, like, fins for hands. Or yeah. yeah. And, he, and he also eats kittens. Like he ate a cat in the beginning yeah, of the movie. Yeah, that's problematic, yeah. Yeah, which, oh, the, look at that foreshadowing the cat woman. Ooh. What? Yeah. So, nice. 
His parents basically they they basically do a Noah's Ark if they're if you know the Ark led to a sewer, and that's exactly what they do with the penguin. They put him in a little wicker basket, they toss him into the sewer while wishing Merry Christmas to their neighbors, and then. I'd say like maybe 30 years later, 40 years later, Penguin becomes an adult and he creates this whole fake mayoral campaign where he wants to reconnect with his family and find his parents. But he already knows who he is and who his parents were. And he was just doing it as a way to destroy Gotham from the inside. While Catwoman, she there, there's not much allusion to her family other than like a voicemail from her mother asking her why she's not coming home for the holidays and to call her back. And, and then she's when kind she, of a spinster, the way they kind of portray her, sort of awkward and nerdy, and yeah. I think her origin story is fantastic. I love her origin story in this version of it. Yeah, yeah, yes. me too, because it's it's basically she is a woman being abused in the workplace where her dominating uh, boss, Max Shrek, played by Christopher Walken, you know, pushes her out of a window at one point. I think because she screwed up. Oh, no, she found some files on him that could have been damning. And, yes. you know, to, in order to cover her up, he kills her. And then I he don't thinks. I don't think I mean, this is where Tim Burton just goes full Tim Burton. And he has like a bunch of cats biting Selena Kyle's I fingers. I thought they were licking her. I thought they're healing her. No, they're they like n- they're nibbling her. They're like nibbling on her fingers. And oh. she's like bleeding by them. Yeah. Oh. And then she does that amazing thing with her eyes, which that actually was Michelle Pfeiffer, like doing that whole like thing yeah. when she like responds to the Catwoman. So Catwoman and the Penguin both want to destroy the city because of their lack of having a family or not seeing them, where Batman turns his trauma into healing by taking on the criminals of Gotham City and defending it against those who want to destroy it. So yeah, it <laughs> is a Christmas movie. It literally ends on Christmas Eve with a cat like in his lap and he goes, Merry Christmas, Alfred. And he goes, yes. Huh. Goodwill towards all men. Looks at the cat, looks up, goes and woman. So yeah, it's a, it's actually one of Tim Burton's like deepest films, I think, in a way. And he, you know, he goes for he likes movies about the outcasts who don't fit into society. If there was one major complaint about Batman Returns, is mm. that the movie really should have been called Batman Hardly Ever Shows Up because he's in it for <laughs> about like twenty minutes. It's really penguin heavy. Can I say that? It's yeah. One of the reasons I didn't like it as much. Oh my god, yeah. Because well, that's because Danny DeVito is screaming his lines. <laughs> So to the gross. top of his lungs. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little much, but I get, I get why it's a, a fun, unconventional holiday movie. What else do you got for the okay. unconventional list? Okay, how about this one? How about for Eyes Wide Shut? Because that's a movie about, yep, with yeah. Tom Cruise and with Tom and Cruise Nicole and Nicole Kidman, Stanley oh Kubrick's God. final film, Eyes Wide Shut, because it's about these parents. It's about orgies. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, yeah, it's about <laughs> lust and about how it can destroy the family unit. You okay. know, because Tom Cruise, he plays. Dr. William Hartford. Uh, okay. You know, and it's led sexual, and he's constantly led by sexual temptation. And the 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 relationship with his wife, you know, their their sexual relationship has pretty much died out. You know, they've probably done everything for being married for so long. It's like, well, nothing's exciting anymore. And they have to maintain their relationship and, and for their daughter. And if they don't, then they have nothing left. But in the end, despite being tempted by everything, despite going to these orgies and never partaking into them, and despite Nicole Kidman's very nefarious dreams towards her husband where she's cheating on him very blatantly and laughing at him, 
they're able to work everything out. They go Christmas shopping so they can get something for their kids. And what do they do in order to fix everything? They do the F word. Oh, dear. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your next uh, uh, untraditional, non-traditional Christmas movie? Well, this one kind of straddles the line, and I didn't want to jump straight from one Tim Burton movie to the other, but it's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Sure. Okay. You know, because that's a movie that I think is best viewed during Thanksgiving, in a way, because it's about Halloween transitioning oh. into Christmas. You know, I've never seen this movie. I have to see this. Oh, really? You never? Seen I've never seen and this it's movie. Super short. Okay. It's like one of the shortest movies I've ever seen. It's Steve, like, we're watching this one. Go ahead. Yeah, it's it's, it's below uh, an hour and a half. I think it's like even below an hour and twenty minutes. I think it's like an hour eighteen or something like yeah. that. But you know, I mean, that's a movie that was ahead of its time with the stop motion animation being a thing, yeah. like how Pinocchio. As we were talking, it's about. it's early nineties, isn't it? It's like around yeah. the time Edward Scissorhands or those movies. It was. I remember. I remember seeing it in the theater when it came out to predate myself. But okay, stop! I was in college. Stop. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> All right, well, What's next? We got, we only have one room for one more. I think. Oh, I, you know. Okay, so or you can, or you can give me a bunch. Okay, I what, could, you want me to give you a bunch of them? Yeah, I've got a minute. Uh, okay, let's see. What's a bunch of Christmas movies? Well, there's the remake of Miracle on 34th Street. You could see Die Hard. Yep. You know, which you know Look that's the, the easiest party, one. Yeah, yep. I mean, Die Hard too also counts as a Christmas movie, it but does. that one they like kind of horse shoot in a little more. A little bit, yeah. I think I think at that point they kind of like took the the uh, the commentary of Christmas and they're like, okay, well we'll show that uh, in the sequel. Blah. Well, they didn't know what they were doing. And my last, I don't, I, I can't think of any more Christmas movies. Here, I got. So this is gonna be another one for my husband because this is from a listener who says, don't forget the Thin Man, the Nick and Nora, uh, Nick and Nora Charles series. Oh. Uh, the first one, the Thin Man, is uh, Mirna Loy and William Powell. Oh, have you seen these? I don't know. It sounds oh, in, it sounds uh, similar to the Invisible Man. The, no, it's not at all. The Thin Man. No, you have to see the Thin Man if you like classic oh. movies. I highly recommend the, uh, the Thin, Thin Man, Man series. Yeah, with oh. Mirna, with Mirna Loy and William Powell. Uh, they could uh, they can they they toss a few back now and then. They uh, have some good cocktails uh, and and have a good time. But this one's at the holiday. Or the original Thin Man. Santa Slay just popped in my mind. There you go. Yeah, it's a lot like Violent Night, except this one like Santa's a bad guy. Okay, and he just like. Kind of kills people. Oh dear, that is non-traditional. Yeah, that is very non-traditional. And then, oh, someone did tell me uh, the director uh, Bob Clark, who directed, uh, you know, a Christmas story, and also I don't know, I don't think he did the sequel, but he also did a Christmas story. He did Porky's to really kind of, yeah, I think, okay, he, not he actually, Christmas, but yeah, yeah, no, it's funny. He actually said, "I'm gonna run, Michael. Give me oh, the, give me the name." <laughs> all right, it's called uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Silent Night, Deadly Night. All right, yeah. it's quite the list. Go to YPA reviews for the work that that Mike Crowley. Uh, does you can get all the reviews? He just uh, did uh, Babylon and the Whale. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to thank all of our sponsors: Manaqua Brewery, Kids Above All, and European U.S. Car Service over on Broadway near Irving. And uh, thank you, everybody. Have a great night. Thanks, Mike. Thank uh, you, folks. Have a merry Christmas. Bye, Lady B. Mike Coots up next with Devil's Advocates.